On February 4th, The Minds of Madness is set to release an investigative four-part series centered on a cold case from nearly four decades ago. At first, it was just, my mom's gone. And then it became, you know, your mom was taken by a bad man. They found video of him killing women. If you'd ever watched any uh, episodes of Breaking Bad, that's exactly what you would see. He buried these 11 women and kept going out there. He made a road going out there. You got this dude saying, hey, I'm going to show your family these pictures. And, like, he's secretly taping her. The cops don't care. We're nothing to them. They dumped her like a piece of garbage, you know? I don't see anything that screams there's two people doing this. I never thought anything was going to come of this case. Ever. Listen to the Minds of Madness series, Who Killed Jennifer, starting February 4th, wherever you get your podcasts. Come into the shop. Ding dong on our bell, call us up. Can, can, if we're the shop, can it be the kind with two P's and an E? I feel like we can pull that off. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Ye old investigative the, shop. Yeah, the dick shop. Dick shop yeah. <laughs> it's 3 a.m. The dicks are all sleeping on their pots their offices i'm not i just stare at the wall you're staring at the wall are you guys spooning yeah or we're all in the same cot me and rick are in the same cot and you're upset. yeah i feel like yeah. it's good for camaraderie i think okay perfect picture me standing in the corner like that one guy at the end of blair witch <laughs> <laughs> rick and richard are snuggling on the cot, sleeping soundly and rj is smoking a cigarette oddly watching them in the corner and then the phone rings or you could kick in the door whatever you want to do Doug. you want to kick in the door i'm gonna a. i'm gonna kick in the door and also ring that's okay. good because we, we exclusively do in-person appointments at 3 a.m yeah that makes sense that Wait, makes sense do you kick the door and then reach back out and hit the doorbell or do you hit the doorbell and then kick the door in i got us one of those bells inside i have it on the desk oh oh gotcha yeah, yeah. gotcha yeah okay. oh okay okay Perfect. Yeah, it's the fun little thing okay. like that. That's what I that's yeah. what I got there. Okay, the bell woke me up. The door kick didn't, but the bell did. But I, I want I want you guys at your most emotional state as well. That's why this is happening at 3 a.m. I want everyone to react as emotionally as possible. That's why yeah. I'm here at this time. I, see, I feel I you're gauging this wrong. You want me to react emotionally, you wake me up at like eight in the morning. Why? What's the difference between eight in the morning and three a.m.? <laughs> at three a.m., I'm like at my top. I'm like ready to go. I'm I'm feeling it, you know. But like emotionless, because that's what you're implying. <laughs> yeah, you're at your yeah. sturdiest. Sure. You're at your sturdiest yes. emotionally yeah, yeah. at three a.m. Not me. You're making your best decisions. Have strong mental fortitude at three a.m. Yeah, I'm I'm staring at the vertices of two walls, smoking a cigarette. So. <laughs> yeah i'm so high watching fucking steel drum solos on youtube like i'm not in a i'm not in a good place <laughs> at 3 a.m not a good place to be that's fun because i was planet. joking but that was real how long would it take you to realize that there's someone behind you playing a steel drum if they came up while you were watching <laughs> i'm finding steel drum sfx just so everybody else you're coming in playing steel drum at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to get you guys on on your toes as possible. On your toes as Blair Witch guy over there.
have a missing person to report. Oh God. Right now. You got to You got to ring the bell. No, I'm so you guys not aware of that. I'm here. The yeah, steel no, drum got, wasn't enough. I, I, I know you're there, but you have to ring the bell. Oh, okay. It's like company policy. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise okay. I don't turn around from the corner. Okay. Oh God. That wasn't the bell. That was just your mouth, but I'll accept it. Okay. <laughs> you better. I'm going to hit you with the steel drum. Sweet. <laughs> I have a missing person. 3 a.m. missing person call. That's amazing. This is uh, exactly what why we've been advertising on late night television. I feel like if you get a missing persons thing at 3 a.m. and they're the ones that came in, they're the ones missing. Or they're the ones who did it. Or oh, that too. I didn't yeah. do it. I didn't do it, by the way. Yeah, did you just That's, come in here admitting you know, to doing this? That's no, no, of course not. Of course not. I, who who has ever committed a crime that also has a steel drum? That's true. You can't. You can't commit crimes and have a steel drum. It's impossible. Purely peaceful people. Mm. Um, one, one quick thing. Uh, mm. It was in 1985, the brutalized body of an unidentified woman and young girl were found inside a steel drum in New Hampshire. Yeah, that's the one. Those are the details I heard. I was running away, so it kind of trailed off as I was going. But those uh, I was are the just details. saying that crimes with steel drums absolutely happen. Oh, I get what you're. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just fact checking. Yeah, yeah. Those aren't the steel drums that are played in the YouTube videos. But you know what? If there is someone who does that someday. Yeah, that's going to be a hell of an expose. I think it'd be a lot more interesting musically if you could play a steel drum with uh, uh, the corpse of a woman and girl inside of it. Or what if they're dying and they're making noises like they're doing like an under the sea cover yes, while they're in there? Yeah, that would be good. And you had to like play around it and somehow implement it into a melody. <laughs> yeah, but about them, bam, 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 bam. Cries and death rattles. <laughs> <laughs> this is an you're an interesting fellow, sir. Thanks. I'm glad you're Thanks. here. Any missing person will do. You don't even know which one you want. Like I, I've solved a bunch. I guess. Uh, it was oh, man. Her name started with an M. I'm pretty sure. Mel. Melanie. Mel. Yeah, yeah. French girl. Yep. Melanie. This is, it's all coming back to me. When I Mel. run, all the all the blood goes to my ears, so it's hard to hear, but this uh, this sounds familiar. So perfect. I for, I solved that last week just for just in case someone came wow, in here looking to shit. solve it. So damn that now that sounds like you did it. <laughs> You've yeah. solved it before you're even aware of it. This is uh this is a common theme. Uh, people keep thinking <laughs> I've uh I've committed the crimes because I've always have them researched. We have to yeah. do the final assault, but I already did all the research on this Melanie Etia case, so I I don't mind. It's a local case to me. I know everything about it. So if Damn. you want, we'll, well uh, fill me in. I want to I want to be as caught up as you are. An elite team of private detectives. What if balloons are aliens? Maybe that's the key component we're missing. Cover ups. John's guilty. Mysteries that need to be solved. Maybe Mormons need mountains. Richard, shut up. Let's talk about Mel. Today we're doing the case of Mel Etty. We got our client today is Doug Koenig from the podcast The Good Best. Fuck, I fucked it up. I said I wasn't going to fuck it up. God damn it. God damn it. The best worst friend. Best worst friend. Son of a bitch. God, I knew I was going to fuck that up. Best worst friends. So if you want to go listen to a good comedy podcast. Yeah, me and my buddy Tim Nicholson. We just bitch about stuff all the time. That's fair. It's a comedy yeah, podcast. Just make it fun of each it. other. Try and make each other cry. We never quite get there, but we try our best. 
Okay. Well, I was going to say, which episode did you make them cry? And what's the episode people should start on right from the beginning? Or do you guys do like stuff? Right oh, off? man. No, I wouldn't go all the way back to the beginning. I would just go back to a title that kind of strikes your fancy. This week, we talked about the movie, uh, The Sound of Metal. I don't know if you guys have heard, which is very, very fucked up. Really good movie. And we talked about the Super Bowl a lot. Is it the documentary they made about you and your steel drums? <laughs> no, they should have. <laughs> no. It's about this like metal drummer who lost his hearing. So like his whole life like flips upside down. Very, very sad, uh, but really good. Yeah, yeah. One man stuffs two corpses in a steel drum in the pursuit <laughs> of musical greatness. <laughs> And so trying to get that perfect tone. Bong, bong, bong. <laughs> I need more bodies. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a baby, because just a little bit. I just need a little bit more. <laughs> that's amazing. So yeah, we're gonna talk about a case that's actually local enough to me. I don't know if you guys, when you guys drove up here, RJ and Rick, do you remember seeing a missing billboard in the middle of fucking nowhere for this missing girl, like near kind of near where I live? You guys would have driven past it, but if you didn't notice it, you didn't notice it. But just no, yeah, I, I don't think they put up the billboards while they're still uh, on their way out of town, right? What? What? Well, I mean, I'm assuming it's because Rick stole somebody on his way out. That's what <laughs> oh, you're saying. Gotcha. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. This is like older case. Case is super local. People have been asking me to do it since we started, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to because I can upset people I actually know by making jokes, but. Mm -hmm. Fuck it. We're doing it. I feel like jokes are happening nice. today. It's, it's happening. We're all getting canceled. Woo! How long has this person been missing for? 28 years. And we will get 20... to that. Yeah. And there, then there is still a billboard up. Damn. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That reminds me that it's like true detective. Like where like Matthew McConaughey keeps driving by the, the, the missing person's billboard and it's like in different times. So it's just like more and more like degraded and shit. Yeah, it just keeps getting worse and worse. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty much the same thing. I think they updated it a couple years ago. Mm, damn. I do want to say this off the bat, though, that like, I know there's a lot of people out there that are trying to find out. We're on the same page here. If anyone wants, if anyone has any tips and you don't feel comfortable fucking talking to the police or whatever, you could email me. I'm going to, I'll pass it on, but I don't think that's going to happen. But I'm just saying. I'm cool with helping. I'm not making jokes this entire time. Yeah, but email uh, Richard and have him pass it on to me. Okay. And then, and then and then I'll pass it on to RJ. And then RJ will do with it whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. Needs. And then I'm just going to tell the cops. Sorry. So No, no. Tell me first. I'll let you know. I'll let you know where <laughs> it goes. Maybe it dies with me. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I, I, you have a steel drum, man. I'm assuming you have something to do with it already. Yeah, yeah. We'll watch your guys. I have my first theory. <laughs> let's talk about mel etsy i remember this happening when i was a kid i was 12 uh 1996 uh it happens in a little small town called new liskard ontario which is like a two-hour drive away from where i live population 4500 people pretty much the same size of the town that i come from new liskard now is like actually part of a bigger amalgamated thing so it's got about 10k people but at the time it's pretty much the same size city as where i'm from mm -hmm. Melanie Nadia Etier was born on Christmas Day, 1980, to her mother, Celine Etier. Uh, Melanie's father was from Botswana and wasn't really in the picture for most of Melanie's life. He actually just went to the Halebury School of Mines when he met Celine. It's just like, there's not really, like, if you're going into mining, it's a pretty big school. So, like, people from all over the world go there to go there. But like it's very specific to just mining. Mining. 
yeah. not miming. No, yeah, Haleybury School of Mime. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Like it took a me a 4,500 town people. Down so he's just like doing like the box of just you know, he's like hanging a missing poster on a wall that's not there. It's like, what is he doing? He's not what supposed to have props. That would be funny. That's how the girl got lost, and she just got stuck in her own box. She, yeah, she can't. She's just miming like I'm 45 now, just miming around. <laughs> Yeah, so Celine got pregnant at 18. <laughs> By the time Celine was fully pregnant, Mel's father already left like towns. He already moved away uh, back to Africa. So he, like grabbed the rope and he like pulled himself out of town. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, I can finally get back to Africa with my mime rope. I can't afford it otherwise. That's a, a sentence that no one's ever said before. Or <laughs> <laughs> he does the boat across, you know. <laughs> Celine and Mel's father wasn't like, it's not like a toxic relationship. Like, I, I don't want to put him as a red flag right off the bat as to where Mel went. Cause like, they still talk and everything else. It's just, it was one of those things where I I'm sure it was toxic at first when he just fucked off and she's like, I'm pregnant. But like nowadays they still talk to this day. I Celine, have a theory. Yeah. I think she just went to Botswana cause she didn't want to be in Canada. That is, she actually talked about wanting to do that later on. She was just a kid, though. She's 15 when this happened. So uh, okay. it's kind of hard to get to Botswana at 15 without parents' help. Maybe, like, yeah. it's, we'll add it to the theory pile. I'm confused as to what the advantage is to being in Botswana versus Canada. What's the advantage to being there? I don't know. Nicer weather. You know, you can be outside for not just fucking three months out of the year. You can uh, enjoy that's, yourself. Yeah, you're right. That's probably worth the um, <laughs> war crimes. And uh, even when it's hot, it's like a nice hot, unprosecuted you know? rapes and uh, murder. Yeah, children with AKs, not a big Well, kid. if you want to go do those things, then yeah, of course you'd want to go to Boston. <laughs> she, <wanted, laughs> she, she wanted to do it. <laughs> I want to get an AK. She wanted to partake. She heard about these atrocities and she's like, sign me up. Yeah. okay I, I like the theory already this is a great theory off the bat she's a fucking she wants she was born to be a war criminal i like that no one flips it back on the victim enough i'm just kidding dear god that's awful but uh, <laughs> uh no that's no that's that's no that you're you're right and wrong because we do that all the time <laughs> it doesn't happen often enough yeah. but we're trying yeah, we're it doesn't trying happen often enough because it shouldn't that's why it doesn't happen often enough. <laughs> Doug's mm. like, what did I get myself into? Fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, Liskard, like I said, Liskard's small. So this is relevant to the story. It's the only reason I'm saying it. She was in 1996. She was one of only three black girls in New Liskard. People of color are coming up here now. There's shit tons of people. But back then I had one. There was just one black girl in my entire town when I grew up. Entire mm. town? In my entire town. When I And I say town because like, she was adopted from Haiti and her parents were like white French people, like literally oh, the one black. God. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. I also had that in St. Thomas. There were not a lot of black people. I get it. Small uh, town Ontario. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I wanted to go back to Botswana. It's like, yeah, like maybe I want to go to a place where there's more people who look like me. Like, yeah, just go to Toronto and you don't have to go back to Africa. Dear God. Instead of fucking just white people, like, just staring at you all the time like fuck that would be brutal no it's true and especially in 1996 it's a lot less tolerant than it is these days especially where i'm from yeah. like my god these guys came up here for a day and they saw how fucking racist it was still to this day never mind fucking 28 years ago 
Can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't more racist than my town. It was just uh, they felt a little safer because there was only like six people around. So <laughs> it just came out a little bit louder. You're probably right. Mel had a little sister named Jesse. Jesse's 10 years younger than Mel. Celine always says that Mel was like a second mother to Jesse. Uh, Melody went to school at Ecole Secondary Catholique Saint Marie and had a part-time job at the daycare that was attached to the school, which I find amazing that they had a daycare at the high school in the small town near here. What does that tell you guys? <laughs> that the teachers could not afford babysitters. Tells <laughs> you a lot of guys <laughs> at that mining school. Tells <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you a lot of mining guys can't pull out. A lot of That's mimes. I'm just gonna. It's it's gonna be a blank. I'm shooting blanks, and it was. <laughs> That was a bad mind joke. All right. <laughs> yeah. So she'd get up early in the morning and before school, like 6 a.m. And she would make it to school by seven to be like to open up the daycare for like, I guess, her buddies. And after school, she would be back at the daycare again to close out the place after all her friends are done class. Her mom also worked at that daycare. So they, they both had a job at the same place. Um, Celine was also taking college courses for social work when Mel had actually gone missing. So she's trying to just like better her life, I guess, instead of being, you know, just working at the daycare. Maybe I could be a social worker. Mel's described too many as being salt of the earth, quote unquote. I love when they do this stuff. She's a lovely personality. Uh, she, her smile lit up a room. They always say shit like that. Never once have they quoted someone after someone's like a victim or something and been like, yeah, she was kind of a bitch. Yeah, I know. We we talked about that. Never once often. do they put that in the newspaper or whatever, or put it on Dateline. Never comes up. I want that in my obituary. Uh, yeah, just this guy reads sucks. one line, cocksucker. Just like <laughs> <laughs> survived by, and then that's survived it. by people who are glad he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that she is a nice girl by the what I read yeah. from her, but like. I mean, she worked at a daycare. You have to be a good person to work at a daycare. Yeah, she... Hell the fuck no, you do not. The worst people work at daycares. <laughs> what happened daycare? to you at a daycare? All right, that's the next episode. <laughs> Run back in a daycare. Oh, my God. I mean, maybe when I was a kid, I didn't realize it, but the pieces of shit that I have interacted with when I picked my nieces up from daycare. Holy fuck. <laughs> they should not be allowed around children. I walked in one time and uh, they were just loudly talking about a brutal murder that happened uh, the week before in front of like six, seven year olds. Uh, just to grow up at some point. Like they were yelling about it over a group of them playing. I grow up fast in Syracuse, buddy. Yep. You got to get kids used to it. You look, at, look at the state of schools these days. <laughs> Prepare them. I don't know if that's going to help the school shootings or not. I'm not sure. Just put them on edge. We got to get these kids more stressed out, you know, <laughs> more reactive. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you, though, RJ, that people that work at daycares are kind of shitty. Because, like, I remember <laughs> when my kid was in daycare, the lady, whatever, I live in a small town and we know everybody. It's not like it's this big, like, mystery lady. I know who the lady is. So I would just pay cash all the time. And she'd be like, oh, I'll give you a receipt at the end of the year. Like, cool, whatever. And then she just never cashed in my shit. Like, she got arrested for fucking fraud for just taking everyone's mm -hmm. cash. You know what Dang. I mean? Like, that's the daycare lady. Good job. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because it's 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 easy 
to do. You think about it like, okay, I just hold on to this thing and keep it alive for six to eight hours. You're basically just kidnapping, but they're aware of it. Yeah, yeah. You just you just yeah. hold on to it, feed it, uh, and then if anything bad happens to it, as long as it's still alive, you just don't talk about it with the parents. You just lie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, like one of the other kids bit him or something, even though you're the one who bit him because you're an insane person. <laughs> you want to get a taste. Yeah. Uh, but like it, it's also like it pays marginally more or even the same or less sometimes than just working in fucking fast food. There, there's like yeah. no qualifiers other than the fact that you're not a fucking child molester convicted. Um, <laughs> you're not an on the books molester. You know? yeah, 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 exactly. There's like the barrier to entry is so fucking low. like if I just wanted to pick up and start over all like somewhere. I, I could probably work at a daycare without like a completely thin, thin assumed identity. <laughs> I, literally, literally, it's here where I am. There's so few daycares that you can just go like basically like, I don't know, like a license or something. You just be like, I'm opening a daycare in my house. And they go, sure. They don't check mm -hmm. in any like I when I first moved back here, my kids were really young and. I had another friend with same age kids and stuff. They all worked. I was on EI. I'm like, well, fucking, I started the fucking little mini daycare and I had, and I'm a terrible person. I shouldn't have kids around <laughs> me. But like, this is, well, uh, think? but like, who's worse? Is it the daycare people or is it the parents who like, just try to like, uh, put the blinders on and then leave them there. You know what I mean? True. It's, but it's like a hard, like you can't not put them there. So you got like, mm -hmm. you're in a desperate spot. Sometimes you just go like, I guess the lady with most her teeth can watch my kid. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> It'll build character. I, yeah. I bet that gas smell is just from, from them turning it off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'll be okay. Mm -hmm. uh, she also wanted to be a teacher when she got older. Everyone said she was really good with the kids and that would be a great job for her. At the time of her disappearance, she was five foot five, 120 pounds, brown eyes with long braided black hair. Uh, sometimes she'd have hair extensions, so making her hair even longer. I think she had hair extensions when this happened. I can't remember. Can I just say that was an odd, like, is this a grown girl or, or a grown person or no? She's 15. Oh, okay. All right. I, yeah. I don't know why I thought they were an adult. So it was just odd that you, at the time, the height, I was like. <laughs> yeah, because, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. When they found her corpse, she was six foot seven. <laughs> Here's the mystery. We found it. <laughs> a growth spurt. Her death. Yeah, I don't know if she's dead. She probably is. When she disappeared, she had long painted uh, nails, too. She had big-ass fucking fingernails. Anyways, this is just descriptor. So let's talk about the day of the disappearance. So Sunday, or sorry, Saturday, September 28th, 1996, started out with our 15-year-old Melanie visiting her mother's friend, Sylvie Chartrand. Sylvie and Celine had been friends since they were kids. Celine, Mel, and Jesse... The, the little family uh, visited there often. So Sylvie also had her own son. His name is Jason, who was the same age as Mel. And she had a daughter, Stephanie, who was the same age as Jesse. So it was like a weird, they all went and visited each other, all best friends with each other. The only difference was Sylvie also actually had a boyfriend or a husband. They always say partner. And I'm not sure if that means like long-term boyfriend or they were married or if like, I don't fucking know. They like owned a business together. I don't fucking know. They're partners anyway. <laughs> And, uh, together. it's just weird like i get you yeah. can't say girlfriend boyfriend or everyone's partners it's fucking too partners like weird yeah it's too much it's like stop lying to me whenever someone says like this is my partner or when they talk about their partner and they're not there and you're like cool now i can just get the wonder 
<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the what the fuck is going wrong with this world podcast. <laughs> yeah. We're and men and we're angry that things aren't the way they used to be. <laughs> Amen. Uh, yeah, so the only difference between Sylvie's family and Celine's family is Sylvie had a boyfriend at the time or partner, sorry. His name Dennis Lavallee. That morning when Mel went to visit them, Sylvie and her daughter Stephanie were the only two that were home. Dennis Lavallee and her son Jason were out of town on a fishing trip. Being similar in age, Jason and Mel were best friends, like I said. Uh, Stephanie and Jesse were best friends. And after her visit with Sylvie and Stephanie, Melanie headed downtown via bus. Uh, she ran into one of her friends, and they headed to the public library to go do some studying. Uh, her friend in this entire story remains anonymous. So I'm just going to call her Mel's friend for the rest of it, because mm -hmm. that's the only person that's really anonymous in this. So um, question. Sorry. Yeah. Um, how big was this town? 3,500 people. What possibly could a downtown look like? Yeah. Also, is it like one that? bus? Is it they caught the bus? Yeah, that's that was there is a bus. Correct. And mm -hmm. New is actually on the highway. So like the side of the highway, like the Trans Canada Highway has like a shit ton of stuff and like just for stopping in. And then the town is like 10 minutes down the road kind of thing. So like, I don't know if they mean she went to the downtown that's like actually in town or if she went up to where the highway is, but I'm picturing like a largish gas station and, and by public library, they just mean the magazine rack at the gas station. <laughs> okay. Right. That's good enough. I guess we're going to go study the, the brochures for where, why to stay in towns that are 40 miles from here. They're at the library and then they decide, fuck this. It's Saturday. We're going to just go out and have some fun. So they had to pizza pizza for lunch. Uh, they run a few errands, one of them being to pick up some stuff for a cake. Melanie was going to bake a cake for her grandmother's birthday party, which was planned for the next day. And then they had to pick up some money from a babysitting client of Melanie's. So Mel would do some babysitting on the side as well. Eventually, the two girls meet up with Melanie's boyfriend, Neil Fortier, and three of his friends, Dave Bromley, Jay Denome, and Ryan Chatwin. Fortier later says that Melanie was in a good mood that day. She was having a great day, so nothing suggests that she was upset or anything like that. So Melanie suggests to her friends that maybe they go rent a movie and watch it at her house that evening. So they go to the rental store, and they rent the Van Damme vehicle, Sudden Death. Has anybody seen Sudden Death? Because it's fucking terrible. I've not, but... I am I am familiar with it. Yeah, so that, that was their plan. The girls were like, let's watch Sudden Death. I'm sure that was the guy's idea. It sounds like one of the best days. Like, she just, like, you know, went to the library, did a little studying, baked the cake, yeah. watched a movie. She didn't get a chance to bake the cake day. yet, but yeah, she's having a great day, for sure. Yeah. So Mel goes back to her house, and she says, Mom, we're going to watch a movie here. And her mom's like, I don't know if you should watch a movie here. Like, your grandma's here. It's her birthday tomorrow. We're hanging out in the living room. And your bedroom's a fucking nightmare. Like, you're not hanging out here. Go. So after that, they go, fuck it. Let's go to one like somebody else's house to watch a movie. So they leave. And they run into a few other friends. And the five teens decide to go to Ryan Chatwin's house to watch the Van Damme classic. This is about 10 o'clock at night. Bromley, one of the kids, goes home. Uh, Chatwin lived about 10-minute walk from Melanie's house. So it's not like 
They had to go across town. They just walked a little bit. Chatwin's parents are home while they're watching this movie, but they stay inside the room the whole time. As I'm sure the teenagers are just destroying that fridge, like eating all their food. <laughs> the kids watch the movie quietly in the basement until about 1230 when Denemy and Mel's friend left. When Etze's friend left, she was actually going to Melanie's house because Melanie's grandparents were going to give her a ride to the next little town over where she lived in Halebury, which is now part of that amalgamated fucking city now. Her friend said that uh, as she was walking to Mel's house from Chatwin's, from Ryan's house, she noticed a light-colored two-door Chevy Monte Carlo slowly approach her. And she says this freaks her out. And she started to like, run quickly to a more lit up part of the intersection near the Armstrong street bridge. She believes the car was occupied by two teenagers or two young men, like around that age. She got to Mel's house just in time to catch the last part of SNL. Cause she watched the last sketch of the night. So I guess just a little bit before one, 1 AM. Then they were down to three teens at Chatwin's house, Mel, her boyfriend, Neil Forte and Ryan Chatwin. The teens don't remember the exact time that they watched the movie until, but it must have been in, until about 1.30-ish because the last known sighting of Mel is around 1.32 in the morning, walking along the Armstrong, Armstrong Street Bridge. And Mel, when she she decided to go home first before the boys, I guess, and she just the boys just said, okay, bye. And then she just walked home by herself at 1.30 in the morning. I don't really think that's cool. Like, uh, It's a small town. I get that. But like, I, I always walk my buddies home if I can. Oh, that's super shitty. I'll literally like, like after first dates, I would walk girls home, not like out of like hoping to get up there, but because like, I don't want the next day of my life to be like the start of a law and order episode where I'm like working at a flower shop and you come in and tell me someone I know was murdered. Like, yeah, I don't sure. want to, I'm making sure you're getting to the door and getting to your place so that like my hands are clean of anything that could possibly befall you. Yeah. And then if way. something does befall you, her hands are dirty. And then exactly. you don't have to worry about it. You know? Yeah, exactly. you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna hard disagree with that because um, depending on who it is that was murdered, um, if I hated them and I got like a lovely quiet career uh, working in a flower shop, and then woke up one Monday and found out someone I hated was murdered, that's one of the best lives you could live. <laughs> Pruning a bouquet, and then you're like, hey, your neighbor Greg who, you know, uh, bitched at you for six years about the branch overhanging on his property, stabbed in the face. Yeah, that's great. Unless you were just seen with him the night before and you were like brandishing your shears at him, you know, nah, like you'd want to be nah, able to like nah. clear yourself as much as possible. That's why I walked them home. I, 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 I mean, I see it from both sides. I understand also being a teenager, like it's 10 minutes away. I'm independent. Why, why would I walk? You know what I mean? Like, just yeah, I just watch sudden death. I can walk home by myself. Yeah. I'm John Claude Van Damme. God damn, I can kick high. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I feel like I, like I understand. I just don't. I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. I'm not mad at the kids of for the. Course. They got a lot of flack. These kids, these two kids, for not walking her home. I don't want to give them flack really for it. Which is, yeah, they're fucking kids. It's exactly. like it's in the thing you said. They're fucking kids. What do you expect? If anything, yeah. is if I can get mad at their parents. For sure. raising and the kid the, who didn't walk them home, you know? The parents that were sleeping in the room, like, didn't give a ride either. You know what I mean? Like, they're responsible for them. There's a, there's a lot. Yeah. Mel typically wouldn't be a walking home alone like that on a normal day. But they had just actually, Mel's mom had just lost their 
home phone line to not paying the bills. So she couldn't oh, even call shit. for a ride if she wanted to. And that's what that's what Celine said. Usually, she, if it was that late at night, she would have called for a ride. But like, I guess that night she just couldn't. Yeah. Bell's route would have led her past three intersections over the Armstrong Street Bridge, past a gas station slash a public library and an apartment building <laughs> ending in one of two routes, which is either the back alley or like the main front road. And I know exactly what this means. It's exactly like my town, like every two streets have like a back lane you can go down so it's, you pick one of the two <laughs> usually the parents said that she would take the back alley because that's where the door was like the mostly used door was in the back but that doesn't mean she necessarily did it she didn't come home that night uh the next morning celine wakes up at 5 a.m to the sound of mel's alarm going haywire in her room celine says she's sitting in bed going like okay mel turn your alarm off mel turn your alarm off and then she doesn't do it so she gets up and goes into the room and notices mel's not there Celine doesn't turn on the warning signals yet for this entire thing. She just assumes that because she didn't have the phone, maybe Mel just stayed at her friend's house last night. Lots of times Mel would fall asleep watching movies anyway, so maybe she just passed out and she's probably on her way to work from her friend's house. This is around six in the morning. So after seeing her daughter wasn't home, she goes back to bed until about nine o'clock. Melanie's grandparents arrive back at Celine's house around 10 to get ready for the birthday party. Mel was supposed to have the cake ready by this time, and there's no cake or her to be found anywhere. So Celine's parents, uh, Mel's grandparents, say, let's go take a little ride to Tim Hortons. We'll get like coffee or something, and then you can use the phone. And if Mel just dropped the ball on this cake thing, we'll buy a cake over there. So main goal, though, to use the phone to call and see where Mel is. Like, do you have a fucking cake made? Like, did you do the thing you said you were going to do? <laughs> Dude, they're so pissed at Mel today. Yeah, she's well, fucking she's... up nonsense. When they find her, they're going to be screaming like, you left the alarm on. We were hungry. <laughs> and they call the daycare, first of all, because they assume she's at work. Uh, daycare said that Mel never showed up to work. This is when Celine starts to panic and she calls the New Liskard Police Service to report her daughter missing. Now, remember, this is a town of 3,500 people. So the New Liskard Police Force, I'm sure, is full of the best and brightest. Police do immediately go search the area around the Armstrong Bridge and along the banks of the Wabi River that runs under it. Uh, nothing to find. Uh, the New Liskard PD realized this search early on that this is too big for their little force and they call in the OPP, which is the Ontario Provincial Police, for help. The OPP actually gets musters together a helicopter, a police dog team, and a search and rescue dog, I guess, like a specific one looking that can smell. Without a prompt, dog that could smell? Like the ones that, like the sniffer dogs? Dude, that's crazy. They really pulled out all the stops getting a dog that can smell. Hey, Canadian <laughs> policing, you know? Yeah. We have no bounds for what we're able to offer. <laughs> Fucking wild. I just, I, I, I was reading, there's a difference. Like they have these search and rescue dogs that'll just like track along a, like they'll use their nose too, but the search and rescue ones, like they fucking give you a smell like on a rag, like you see in the movies and they'll fucking follow that. Other dogs will just like grit out an area. Well, yeah, other dogs can't smell. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Other dogs just have a map. You're like, wow, that's actually more impressive than the smelling. Mm -hmm. to be yeah, honest, yeah. Dog reads a map. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I found funny here, and I couldn't figure out any more of it, was that without prompt, a psychic with a history of helping the police in New Liskard just joins the team to help find. Helping. Like, Fucking <laughs> love that. Right away. Uh, it one. makes me so angry but just the <laughs> fact that people are that bold 
that they just rubberneck their way into being like, hmm, I sense you need some help over here. Yeah, my psychic is tingling. Yeah. Pieces of shit. Yeah, but they don't really specify like why the psychic's there. Like Celine even says it. She's like, day three, I had a psychic come talk to me. And like day one, the psychic's out there. Like she doesn't really say what they said or if they helped at all. But I'm going to say probably not. Um, (laughs) I think that's an educated guess. Yeah, I'm going to say probably not. They're just like hovering like, you know, like like five or six feet back as the cops are like, yeah, it looks like there's some uh, tracks. And then they're just like, excuse me, I, I smell tracks in the my brain smells tracks in the ground there. Everybody is that. <laughs> did I get it? It's just like cop bent over, like about to pick up like yeah. a cigarette butt or something. And she's like, gets right in front. Like there's some yeah. tracks here. It's like, no, I was pointing out that yeah. cigarette butt. Cigarette butt here. That's what I was talking about. I think I think psychics are like uh, guys who try and fuck every girl. It's like if you shoot your shot a hundred percent of the time, mm-hmm. maybe eventually once it'll happen and then they can slap that on a resume. Oh, yeah. They fucking got certainty. one thing right, you know? I think the only thing more impressive than a fucking comedian fucking because of comedy is a psychic fucking because of psychicness. Psychics. <laughs> right? Yeah. I would even wager to say that psychics are just failed comedians. <laughs> Possibly, yeah, people, right. comedians who couldn't make people laugh, so they're like, I'll just try and guess stuff about them instead. I had several of those coming <laughs> through the club. Oh, yeah? Gross. Come see the hypnotist, but he's, he's funny. Ooh. Oh, yeah. It's different. Yeah, we have a lot of the sexual harassment hypnotists that come through uh, nice. <laughs> local small town Ontario scenes. Yeah, so it would be nice <laughs> if they had just a little bit more self-awareness to fucking kill themselves yeah yeah <laughs> yeah all in all the between the new whiskered police department and the opp besides the helicopter and the dogs they had 12 officers just like knocking on every door in the neighborhood they gathered all the surveillance from whatever businesses were nearby and some visitor logs from the nearby hotels uh, apparently there was three weddings going on in town that night so the hotels were filled with people from out of town oh shit all of Mel's friends that were there with the, the previous night were questioned by police. Questioned the next day on Monday at school in the principal's office. The police went there while the vice principal sat there. Uh, the cops just asked kids questions without parents around. Just there's a, there's a vice principal here. This should be fine, which I find <laughs> fucking bad. Like my kids ever yeah, were questioned with, by the cops without me being there. I'd be super pissed. <laughs> what did you tell them? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You well, this is a bitch. You better not. <laughs> <laughs> this is, that's not what I meant, but yes, that too. But what I meant is like, they're like implying that these kids fucking did this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just because they were there. So like when you're in a the shitty way to police room, when you, yeah. yeah, when you're getting interviewed by police, it doesn't matter if you're innocent or guilty. I'm going to tell this to anybody. You just always ask for a lawyer. And if you're young, ask for your parents at least because cops aren't your friends. They're trying to make you look guilty so they can close the case. That's what they're trying to do yeah, yeah. every time. Of course. Yeah. Um, they're at work. They're exactly. doing a fucking stupid job. They're not That's your buddies. Terrible. I don't believe that. Then why would they give you a can of soda and one of those tiny little bags of chips? <laughs> Only people that love you do that. Yeah. It's not for <laughs> fingerprints or DNA at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no, they're not your buddies. For yummy snack time. So, yeah, they did that, which I don't know if that's even legal, but they did it. About a week after the disappearance, 
There was an underwater search and rescue training that was scheduled already. So they actually used this opportunity to actually look for something instead of just like, hey, come on, put your scuba gear on. This is how you would search for something. Um, the problem with the search in the lake, Lake Temiskaming is the lake that's nearby. It's uh, 295 kilometer squared sized lake or 114 square mile lake. It's a big ass lake. It's really muddy and shit. So like when, as soon as you get in, you can't even see anything. So they had to like do hand searches the whole time. So they did do oh, God. a search, but like, it's not really greatest, I guess. How many bodies did they find though? It feels like the kind of thing where if you truly dedicate yourself, you're like, yeah, we didn't find this one girl, but we found like 45 other fucking bodies. So they actually found nothing, which I was surprised too. I was like, they must wow. have found something when they were in that lake because they had a bunch of guys in there. Yeah. An old boot. Yeah. <laughs> In the uh, coming days, there the police got a military aircraft used to search the area as well. So they did a, a nice, pretty big grid. No trace of anything of Mel. It is pretty thick bush up here, so like you get <laughs> into the woods, you're not going to see anything from plane, honestly. <laughs> Good bless you, Rick. <laughs> Thank you. I felt that one coming for a while. <laughs> did you? Because. That was the most you've contributed. In like I was going to say, that's the first time I've seen the yellow <laughs> I'm, uh, around his character. I'm honestly, I'm no, honestly, the closer. Confu you confused me with the last name of this person. So I've just been searching around trying to see if I could puzzle it's together. E-T-H-I-E-R. That's all right, buddy. I've been scrolling up and down John Claude Van Damme's filmography for the better part of 30 minutes. So. <laughs> and I've been paying attention. So. Good. Thank you, Doug. I'm trying to solve this case. You're the fool. No, I've been paying attention. I've just also been trying to take the pieces with just the name Mel and Mel see Etienne. if I could find the end, and I couldn't. C'est une non-français. Je m'excuse. Officially, no evidence has ever been found for this case. That's what the police say. They don't really have any, but they definitely are holding back some stuff, guaranteed, because it's still an active case. There is a rumor that there's something that was found on the day of the disappearance by the police. But like I said, cops aren't releasing information. It's almost like she just like left her friends and just disappeared into thin air. It's kind of crazy, actually. What is the rumor about what was found? Like, they don't know. People just thing. say that the cops got something that day, but they, nobody knows exactly what it is. It's it's a thing that floats around the Internet still to this day. Uh, that's really weird. Cops are generally so much more transparent than that. Especially with an old, well, no, they're not. But with an old case like this, hmm. usually they just say, fuck it. Here's all the info, especially to like podcasts point, and yeah. stuff. They want it to be done. Yeah. And it be because it's looming over, especially new listener. I'm sure that's hmm. the only like unsolved missing person. Yeah. They probably it's had to weird. adjust the population sign when she went missing. Like it was a fucking big deal there. They definitely probably did, honestly. So by mid-October. The case is listed with Crime Stoppers. Do you guys have Crime Stoppers in the U.S.? Is that a thing? I've heard. I've heard of it. I don't. I don't ever actually understood what it is. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's a tip line. So you call, and then if they get an uh -huh. arrest off of what your tip was, you get. You can get up to five thousand dollars, depending on. That's fucking stupid. Hey, yeah. I say we should commit crimes and then leave tips to get the money for helping solve the crime. But we we plant we plant someone we plant evidence on that, someone else. That's important, that, I should. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We need to we need to find a patsy for this cuz otherwise we're yeah, just yeah. putting each other in jail. Mm -hmm. Hey, Rick, <laughs> you haven't been paying attention. Uh you're looking something up. <laughs> I so have a proposition for you. <laughs> it's crime stoppers, but tips so they can close cases. So really it's 
they're not stopping anything they're just tattling basically yeah. and i exactly i was actually doing shows fundraiser shows for crime stoppers this weekend and they had all their like statistics on the table and 2023 stats for near north crime stoppers was 800 and some tips received 12 cases closed <laughs> like that's a terrible mm. batting average that's not yeah, you guys are feeling like that's pretty good no it's good and it's good that they crowdsource you know police work because those guys are so busy and underfunded that they definitely <laughs> need the assistance well i just but we made a bunch of money for tipsters that's what we were doing that's a, <laughs> great yeah i uh, know you directly help the police richard you're a good I'm guy great i'm fantastic i know yeah you're not a class traitor or anything <laughs> Honestly, they paid me good, so I don't really care. That's yeah, really weird. Typical <laughs> class trader. Mm -hmm. They paid me good. Yeah. I'll work the train. Who cares? Yeah, the blood of the poor is on your hands. <laughs> no, I would have taken a crime stoppers gig. I get it. For fucking sure. I would take a fucking crime starters gig, dude, if it paid well enough. Applying <laughs> yeah. for people you want murdered. Anything to not have that full time job. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm avoiding like the plague. So yeah, eventually uh, New Lisker erects a sign just outside of town with a big picture of Melanie that says uh, missing across the top. And then her photo's like in the middle of the sign. On the left-hand side of the photo, it just says Melanie. And under that, it says, you know what happened to me. And underneath that, it says Crime Stoppers. Jesus and on the right-hand side of the picture, it says Etsy. So Melanie Etsy. Under that, it says, so why don't you help? And then underneath that, it gives the Crime Stoppers number. Uh, which is 1-800-222-TIPS. But I just fucking find that's very aggressive. You know what happened to me, so why don't you help? On a giant bulletin board. Yeah, it's very... Dude, you know what they're trying to do? They made a whole city feel bad. But what if there really was no crime and she just went to Botswana and now they're like really ramping this up and... Well, then they, the sign was directed at her. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> they just should have like sent it... They should have put one up in Botswana as well. Maybe they did. Just Maybe there's sure. one in Botswana. I didn't do that research. I'm sorry. Me. Just to clarify, she she's actually from Botswana? No, she's from Canada. She's born is. in Canada. She didn't even know her dad, really. I'm sorry, but like that is where her lineage comes from. Her yeah. yeah, that's where her dad's from. Okay, I was just really worried we were being racist and pulling an African country out of a hat. No, no, she he's from no. there. I think what the, they were little they were just trying they probably figured this crime was committed by someone local and they're trying to break their spirit. I think at this point the crime is actually gonna be solved by like a deathbed confession or like a journal found after someone dies. You know what Agreed. I mean? Agreed. And, and if it's if it's got a dark end to it, I bet you it's that kind of thing. Uh, the police had a full-time task force working on this case for two years, basically, until 1998 when they disbanded it. Now there's still two detectives working this case, but it's very, very cold. Um, there has been some evidence released to the public. Like uh, before, I don't know, I think 2004 or 2008 or something like that, they didn't tell the public that there was an eyewitness that actually had seen Melanie crossing the, the bridge that night. So they released that. Uh, over the course of the investigation, police say they've interviewed over 300 suspects. They've received over 700 tips and they investigate each and every one of them. Uh, even the ones that come in from the psychics here. I just kind of want to show you guys something that I found was interesting. Uh, there's one psychic that the cops hate and they specifically mentioned him a couple times. And he in 2012, I believe, or 2018, I'd have to look at the video. He just started uh, using, I don't know if you guys know what a spirit box is. No uh a ghost pussy yeah yeah that would be a spirit box as well it's not it's kind of that really it's it's like a radio thing that they set up i don't know how they set it up i don't know how to make one of these but it's like a little radio that you turn on to a certain frequency and apparently it can talk to the dead so this guy here made a video 
about Mel Etier a couple years ago, and he really made put a, lit the fire under the cops, honestly, because people were right into the shit. And yeah, it's fucking absolutely bonkers. So I'm gonna pull this up, and you guys can see what I'm talking about. Because what the fuck? Why are people like? I guess people really want this to be solved, but this isn't the way. This is not the way. And remember how you said you think psychics are guys that are just like trying. This is a psychic. Oh no, that. Do you think you mean psycho? Yes, kind of. And uh, here's our here's our point. Wait, before you click play, yeah, that definitely is just Doug without a beanie on, right? <laughs> Jesus, uh, that was me. I, I mean, I liked it. I'm for sure planning planting evidence on him for a crime now. After that comment, <laughs> it's over for you. Let's see. I think this guy's name is Robert Jolicoeur. Um, He put this out when it says three years ago. So it wasn't that long ago. And cops are very upset about this guy because he brought in a lot of stupid, shitty tips. So listen to this. Uh, there's a few people that just passed around me. So there's a good chance they're going to be here. What comes true in French, I'm going to translate in English. The things I don't hear then I that I put uh, question marks. If one of you is around that area, maybe that question mark that I'm putting, maybe you guys will click. It would like, you know, you'll you'll be able to uh, relate to what they're saying, since I'm not from there at all. So I'll start. I'll turn on my machine. I'll see who's here first, and then I'm gonna ask for her. And hopefully, it's a clear day today, because some days are way clearer than others like I, I can do a session right now and it won't Depends be that bad or i can do a session in an hour from now and it's going to be the best it's all horseshit ever, right? dude. every like time you do it it's gonna be horseshit just so, so yeah. anyways i'm gonna start my it's machine. not just now it'll be now and, and later gonna, and every other time go from there is this an excuse to do horrific accents <laughs> no. just say that like a chinese person died near you and just Okay, before I continue, that when he pilot when he puts on the captions on the screen, that's what that little sound is is saying apparently. Mm. How? He's just making that. He's just like it says. That's what it's saying. Yeah, that's exactly. what it's saying. Wait, yeah. Does the box do that live, or does he have to edit that over top of it? He edits it over top. Uh, it goes dit dit, and he says it says time to talk. Hey everyone. Yeah. I, I kind of get the feeling we can't yeah. see the spirit box because his spirit box is a tickle me Elmo with the battery. Who's that? Dying. <laughs> he left in the freezer for like a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. That's the radio. So. How you guys been? How you guys been? It doesn't say anything. It's just random sounds. Like just a mentally ill man who can hear things that aren't there. Yeah, now, it's like right picking up a commercial. Are you guys having a good cable. date? Yeah, I want I want you to see this though. Look, where's the comments? <laughs> It's like a lot of people. <laughs> it leads with this is incredible. <laughs> I've been 
anyways, this I just want to sh like. This it's is the guy. I do a session like upstairs in my room beside my bed, and it works amazing. I was like, is this something this guy just like made up? You think I can buy one? Yes, yeah. you can. I went and looked I him can? up. Oh yeah, I want to okay. have a spear box session so badly. And they just so start spitting random sounds at you that I have to determine what language fits my narrative best. Or yes, yes, okay. definitely got a cool. I hope mine speaks German. That'll be pretty cool. It's bad <laughs> enough that we're whispering into ghosts' vaginas. We don't need to be trafficking them sexually. Oh shit! It's like a walkie-talkie. I was that is not what I was expecting. I don't understand. I was trying to like figure out what they do to this fucking radio to make it sound. I don't understand. Yeah, it's like just magical. It's magic. What version do you think I should get? The SB7 or the SB7T? Whatever, probably, whatever probably version you get, you have to share with us. I don't care which one. You get the best one. The whatever costs you the most. It just looks like a portable radio. It's got a crazy long antenna on it. It's because it's going to heaven, dude. It's just a radio. I mean, it it, it even says FM on it. It's just a radio. Anyways, I but it's sorry. No, I was gonna. I didn't even add the end of my joke. I was gonna try and say the FM stands for like from somewhere beyond but i couldn't think of an m word <laughs> um uh the floating muff because it's a ghost vagina there you go yeah uh, am afterlife mouths all right it's not working <laughs> um <laughs> perfect we solved it yeah so that guy's like actively pissing off the police which i find that's the funniest part about it is like there's 20 of these. It's not, that's just one part one. And it's like 25 minutes long. There's literally like 20 sessions of him looking for Mel. It's unreal. That's so ridiculous. It's gross too, but it's funny. It is gross. As long as he's not like getting, like taking people's money, like waste your own time. That's whatever. But like the second these fucking psychic losers take people's money to be like, yeah, yeah your grandma says hi. And that she loves you a lot. And then they're fucking weeping. And she's like, all right, $500, please. You're a piece <laughs> of shit. You're just garbage. Well, I mean, it looks like I can do that for $89. So, <laughs> if, yeah, but you, you have to do it like he does it. So, like, you, you bring it with you on the bus and you make sure you pull the antenna out extra long to be annoying. <laughs> and you don't have headphones on. And it's just making all that horrible, screechy racket. And every once in a while, you just go, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Dude, that's how you get your head cut off on the bus. Yeah, that's how <laughs> you're asking for it at that point. <laughs> No, I'd be far more terrified of that guy. <laughs> oh, he's doing the cutting. It's just a radio. Looks like a guitar tuner. Can't can't know until you spend the money on it, Rick. Yeah, you might. As well it looks buy like it. you know what this guy is. This guy's a fucking genius. A Radio Shack went out of business, and he bought like a thousand of these <laughs> for like dirt cheap, and now he's just saying it talks to ghosts. He's a fucking. He's an entrepreneur. He's a piece mm -hmm. of shit, but he's an entrepreneur. Well, they come with black lights, so that's now that's pretty good. Just as like a little, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. I don't think that psychics are biggest piece of shit sometimes. Like if you're going to make someone feel better about like their mom dying and they're just wrecked about it. And the only thing that I want to talk to her one last time, you can like put that to rest for them with some fucking, but it's bullshit. Don't get me wrong. But like if that mm -hmm. helps them like get over it and move on with the rest of their life, I don't think that's like. That's Terrible. fair, but like charge someone two hundred dollars, fifty bucks, um, not like eight hundred, like Long Island medium, where it costs like six hundred dollars to talk to her on the phone or something, you know. All right, Celine is still actively looking for her daughter. To this day, she, uh, her and other town volunteers distribute missing flyers 
and keep the word alive. Celine still gets tips uh, every month. She says she gets at least one or two, and she goes and investigates them herself. Oh, that is so sad. Yeah, that is so incredibly sad that she's like still, you yeah, know, working on it. Yeah, she talks to the police once a week, so she's uh, right involved with whatever the police are doing. They still don't tell her everything, which is, but she'll bring them tips, whatever she gets. Celine, she also has a Facebook group with over fourteen thousand people, and she's active on it every day. Uh, it's called Let's Work Together to Find Melanie Etier. It seems like a nice group of people try to, I don't know, throw on some tips. I went in there. It's it's like a missing persons thing. It's Everyone's pretty nice in there. There's no one being like, fuck her. She's in Botswana. Thank God. Celine has... Nobody else to... offered that she might be in Botswana? It's very not likely. You'd have to have a passport. People would know you left the country. Like, there's no... It's not just like... Uh, you can't just get on a car and like now i'm in botswana like there's a lot of things they would have tracked her there it would have been easy to find her at this point like she left with nothing if she left she just literally left with no passport nothing she just disappeared yeah she was dedicated really wanted to get to botswana <laughs> celine's given up hope that her daughter's still alive but she just wants to find her body to put her rest she doesn't really even care if it's not even about like finding the killer anymore because she knows that it's, it's been 28 years the guy's either dead or dying or whatever that's the hard part about the missing persons cases is that you know even if the if she was murdered you know that guy might have died of lung cancer like six years after it could no one fucking knew right yeah so yeah we're this is where we get into the theory portion of the 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 episode i don't know if you guys want to rhyme off you guys say she's in botswana okay that's one theory that i didn't put in the theories but we could talk about it if you think she's there i just don't think that she'd make it there without police knowing that's all without like been a long time now but mm -hmm. shitty new listed police who knows like oh yeah passport we could have checked that <laughs> who knows you guys got any other theories that you want to throw out there before i start ripping off what the real theories are like what the i i honestly think it is just like um unfortunately she was murdered and someone it's going to be a deathbed confessional if they ever if they ever learn the facts and it's just like there's probably so much area up there that you can hide a body if you want to for sure right. it's a mining. i'm sure community. they got a lot of forested yeah like there you go yeah there's there's lots of shafts you could just throw anything down and never be found again for sure for sure yeah wait there's just lots of shafts like just yeah old mining shafts just stumble upon them you could for sure they're not all mapped out from like the 20s and 30s and 40s like people just were mining and just they get out their big chunks of gold and they're done they're they move on to the next place i believe he was making a wiener joke <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the first theory that was right off the bat was the boyfriend did it. It's always the boyfriend. Mm. Like I said, police interviewed all the friends at the movie party night. They've all been cleared, really, by their parents and everybody else. Uh, her boyfriend, Neil, was actually her new boyfriend. She just started dating. She had an old, a boyfriend from before that. I forget what that guy's name is. I think I wrote it down. But he was the main suspect right away uh, for a long time. And he was asked to take a polygraph. He took one. He passed the polygraph, which we know isn't really uh, the tr the be all end all of like an investigation. But I mean, he was willing to help the police in any way, especially as a kid. I have a question here. Sorry. Sure. There's they interviewed like what, like 350 witnesses or something like that, or or they interviewed like suspects. 300 or something suspects. Like that. Yeah. There's only four 4,500 people in the town. Yeah. You can just interview everyone in the town at that point. You could like yep. how many how many people do the American Idol judges see when they like go through a town like they go through thousands like it's, we can go be. through every fucking story 
of every goddamn person who's in this geographical region, cross-reference everything, they're going to figure something out. I'll foreshadow a little bit here for you. If they would have done that, they probably would have found the guy easily. Like, it's super obvious who I think it is. Mm. Like, they just didn't. Like, that's what I mean. And there's such a small police force. They don't deal with missing people or even murders, let's say. Like, they probably just yeah. didn't know what the fuck they were doing. They were probably, like, hung over in class the day they covered that in police foundations, if they were even fucking there in the first place. For sure. You know, like... Neil Forte was kind of a, a victim in his own way on this, honestly. Uh, he still lives in New Liskert. And to this mm-hmm. day, people still think he has something to do with Mel's disappearance. He still hears it all the time. Dude, that sucks. That sucks yeah. to deal with forever. Even to this day, like he has a job where people come in and they notice who he is and they say, fuck that guy. Yeah. Just rude as fuck. Like how much do you have to like, you know, clear yourself as a suspect? Like forever. That sucks. As soon as she gets found or if she ever does get found, then he'll probably have it less on his shoulders. But like until she's found, she's in his basement. You know what I mean? Like she's look at this guy. Yeah. Keep looking at that guy. He definitely had something to do with it. He didn't walk her home. Are you sure he didn't walk her home? You know? And it's like this guy's got to like beat himself up over a mistake, a mistake, not walking her home that he made when he was like 15 or something like yeah. that. You know, yeah. like that sucks so bad forever. Dude, I did so much dumb shit. And imagine if any of it resulted in like the death of one of my friends or something like that's for sure. The guilt must be so fucking horrendous. Like I can't imagine having to live with that for your whole life, especially since people are still dicks about it. And just your own personal guilt about not walking her home when you probably could have just saved her life that day or prevented her from going to Botswana. Or, or to play devil's advocate on that also gotten murdered. Or yeah, you could have been even worse. Who knows if it was like that car, like you said, of, of people guys that pulled up to that other girl. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yep, for sure. Um, Celine, on the other hand, doesn't uh, blame Neil or any of the kids that were there that night. That's good. Um, yeah. The three boys, the other three boys, they also say that they have, that's why they moved away. Real, well, it's New Liskert, so they probably moved away for other reasons too. But they also like try to leave that behind them because it also affects them because they could have helped Walker home too, right? So they all yeah. they all have trauma from this, which is super sad, but people still accuse them, which is sad too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's really a great theory that they did it at all. I think it's pretty much like beating a dead horse. So if you guys live in New Lisker and you're listening to this, just leave the fucking people alone. Just let them let them live. They didn't do it shit. I know they didn't do yeah. shit. Yeah. If they did it, they wouldn't have fucking stuck around, dude. For if sure. They did it. They wouldn't. What kind of psychopath would you have to be to do something like that in oh, a yeah, small that's... town and just like drive by it every day? Like, you know, just like, woo, there she is. Hey, woo. Mel. Just no hey, one's Mel. fucking doing Bye, that. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Despicable. Despicable for sure. The next theory is sex trafficking. This theory goes that she was picked up off the side of the highway and taken into mm-hmm. sex trafficking. Nuliskard also sits nestled beside the Trans-Canada Highway. So the Trans-Canada Highway runs through 10 provinces. It's 7,476 kilometers long or 46, 45 miles. 4,645 miles long truckers or whoever else could have just taken her. And by the time anyone noticed she was missing, they could have been close to a thousand kilometers away. Uh, The one problem with this theory is that the highway passes by the edge of town where she was last seen. Wasn't on the trans Canada highway. It was like in town over the bridge, the Armstrong bridge. Um, So it's kind of far from the actual highway itself. And it would be kind of weird to have like a trucker drive into town to like take her and then go back onto the highway back onto the 
Trans Canada, but like it's not. Maybe that could have happened. Like, well, like yeah, look at um, like Ted Bundy when he would be cruising for victims. Like he had all these receipts for like thirty-five cents, fifty cents, sixty cents, because he always made sure he had a full tank of gas because he was always just cruising around if he needed to get away from the cops. So who knows? If someone sure. wanted to murder, they go to a different town, right? Because they don't yeah. want to fucking drive by that billboard every day once it's put up. Like they're going to do it in a different place where they don't live. Yeah, that really makes a lot of sense to me that it'd be sex trafficking because if anything, like maybe that guy, like what was his name, the psychic Joe Jellytoe or whatever the fuck? Bob Jellycurl. Uh, Bob Jellycurl. Um, he, uh, <laughs> what if he, what if he thought he was buying a ghost vagina, but he just ended up buying her? And that's what he was talking into. That's why he had all the inside knowledge. He was asking her vagina questions. Fair. That guy, just looking at that guy, makes you think like what you're saying yeah. is not like super. Uh, let's play the let's you know? play the tape back and see if we can see like her knees on either side of the the frame. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Never trust a guy with earrings. That's what you learn from that fucking guy's <laughs> video. Never. Oh God, I have Fair. earrings. Okay. <laughs> He did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Richard back, did back to me doing it again. <laughs> yeah, so they'd have to be going somewhere very specific, but you're right. Maybe there was someone just like wanted to pick up a girl and went into town and then knew he could get away quickly for sure. I, I don't think it's I, I think it's a good as theory as any, honestly, on this one. That mm. just someone took her to like maybe she went to Botswana this time, but not fucking because she wanted to see her dad because she was forced into sex trafficking uh, overseas. Mm. Not a not a thing that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, the next theory is not just a random sex trafficker. It's a drunk driver theory. So some people think that Mel could have been hit by a drunk driver and her body was hidden by the drunk driver to protect themselves against getting in trouble. So bars in Ontario close at 2 a.m. Back in 1996, bars in Quebec would close at 3 a.m. The next town close by to New Liskard towards the Quebec border is about a half hour drive. And it's called Notre Dame du Nord, Quebec. So some tips claim that there were guys leaving the local bars to run back to Quebec to get their last call. And according to one specific tip, one of the patrons leaving to go to Quebec had just gotten out of jail and was driving on a suspended license. The theory goes that then this guy goes <laughs> and he smokes Melanie as she's walking home and he kills her and he stops, sees the dead girl and like panics because he's just going to go to jail again. So then he loads her in the back of his trunk and buries her at a place that they called Dawson's Point, which is nearby on the lake. Police actually ran down this lead and went and searched around Dawson's Point. Didn't find anything. But like a drunk driver, like like I was saying earlier, there's lots of big open holes where people used to mine that instead of just burying her at that Dawson's Point, he could have just been, fuck it, I'm going to throw her down an old mine shaft I know exists and that'll be the end of yeah. her. Yeah, that seems likely, and I—I I mean, that that part's not funny, but um, the uh, concept of people like rushing over like uh, 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 geographical lines, <laughs> they can go and get wasted for one extra hour. Yeah, but then also it's a half hour to get there. That fucking rocks. <laughs> like they just barely get in, like what twenty minutes of drinking by the time they get in. Yeah, or like just to drive even more drunk, even further back, like. Uh, the, the other thing that's like kind of interesting to this, that makes sense. Cause I was thinking that too, is like, why the fuck would you drive a half hour just to get another half hour drinking alcoholism? Yeah. One reason, 
But uh, Notre Dame and all is like a 700 person town, but it has a strip club. There you go. That, These guys. No, yeah. no. That, yeah. Listen, yeah. <laughs> a 700 person town has a strip. That means, you know, fucking everybody in yeah. there. Yeah. You've personally <laughs> met like, it, God forbid, you're the teacher. And then just your whole graduating class is there. All of the girls just for sure. And that's but like. Okay, the thing about Quebec, especially back then, especially where I'm from, there's like a bunch of little towns, same kind of thing what I am. We're in the same geographic area where it's like two or three hours away. But like they all had little strip clubs. So I'm guessing they all just like would go from town to town, like a little tour. I think it's like a little tour. Yeah. yeah. Does Canada yeah, like do amateur guys, strippers? Do you have titties and booze? Oh, I'm yeah. only do one or the other here. We yeah, get yeah. pussy, dude. We yeah, get like yeah. everything. We pussy, yeah. yeah, I mean, you can't nude. like you're not like supposed to. It happens, but like, uh, yeah, money, no, yeah. they have to like wear pasties or whatever if they serve booze. When I was when wow. I was uh, eighteen, I got a fake ID and went to the strip club with my friends. And the lady noticed we were like, this was in Timmins. Like, this is when I was in a good strip club. And she knew we were all underage, but didn't give a fuck. And she's like, come have a private dance. So I went and did private dance with her. She's like, I'm going to do something that's going to blow your mind. And I was like, cool, man, let's blow my mind. That's wicked. She had like a stool in there and she put one leg up on the stool. And I forget what song was playing. I wish I could remember the part of the song, but to the beat of the song, she like flapped her vagina to me. And I was like, that does blow my mind. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> To the Damn, beat of the song, like <laughs> how cool? <laughs> how cool would it be though if like she what she just showed you like a card trick, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you and your buddies were like, oh, that is my card. <laughs> she's a magician. Oh, I got it. She's like, I got a spirit box, and she's like, I'm like, oh, that did blow my mind. She's like, I talked to the dead with my pussy. <laughs> anyway so i don't know drunk driver and the sex trafficking thing they're like in the same line with me like they're likely i don't know if that doesn't seem likely once you hear more information but like i could see why you'd run down those leads let's say that it is such a it is such a hard case because it's because it's so close to that highway like yeah the population is 4500 but what is like the actual population of people who like passed through on any given day I don't know, you know the number to that, but I'm going to say it's probably like uh, tens of thousands a month pass through like there, just you know, so many people. Yeah, because like all that connects all of Canada. So like you're traveling yeah. goods from one end to the other guy passing every hour or whatever in a big transport. I don't know. It's probably 10,000 people pass there a month would be my guess. I read a I read a book about how London, Ontario was once like the serial killer capital of the world from like the mid 50s to like the mid 70s and a lot of like the hypothesis is because it was like such a it's a point when a bunch of different highways reach like yeah. the 400 and the 401 like all this stuff yeah. reaches there so since it's like a hub of a city and this was before like police departments spoke to each other about stuff you could like easily get from one small hamlet to another commit a crime and get back to your hamlet and it, you know the police forces would never even communicate that's only recent like within the past 15 20 years where cops like shared information like you go yeah. to one town or the other they all have different it's fucking crazy it used to it's so bad with in the the normal police eight yeah it wouldn't yeah. be some places they weren't sharing information uh, 2007 no they said nothing to each other no it's not what i mean but i'm just saying they don't have like a a, a big database where you can just pull up john fucking john smith's file from bc in ontario it, that didn't exist that's yeah. only that's also the enough. uh 
the fighting between local police and the OPP as well. Like I heard like, say if you're in London, Ontario, you're on a bridge in London and you jump off the bridge to kill yourself onto like uh, an Ontario highway, the police and the OPP will argue over like, well, he jumped from a London bridge. So it's a London police have to do it. And they're like, well, he landed on the highway. So the OPP have to investigate. Or what does do that have it? to so, do so- with other people's pussy? <laughs> it has everything to do. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what uh, what doesn't have to do with pussy, but I. You tell me. <laughs> Look, I'm not the one who keeps bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> the next one kind of goes along lines with the rest of them. It's just a stranger that doesn't have anything to do with uh, the town. It's just somebody who saw an opportunity to like murder someone, like from one of the weddings or something. Yeah. Um, and then just like kidnap her and just fucking take her away. Hey, it's... hey, three weddings and a funeral. Huh? I don't remember it... that movie. But like, because there's three weddings and then this girl maybe died. I don't know. It was a pretty bad joke. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> three weddings and a disappearance. Yeah. Okay. I got yeah. You. Yeah. There we go. That makes more sense. Yeah. They, they were saying that the, there's two cops patrolling that night because it was so, it was a busy night. Usually they don't have one and police <laughs> said and nothing uh, seemed out of place. Nothing seemed suspicious. Here's the, the theory about the stranger though. It's, it's basically what they're saying is that it's American and Americans up here did it because Americans will come up here to hunt and people. You, yeah. Immigrants. Then, <laughs> just moose, but yes, immigrant immigrants mm. for sure. Uh, and they come up, they go to a, like a lodge or whatever, and then you could just go like hunt a big moose and then you go back home. So they think like some American just decided like, we're going to kill some lady and then go back to our city in Syracuse and pretend everybody else did it. Meanwhile, I did it. Yeah, Syracuse is a good hideaway after you, you kill a young girl city, I, I would argue. <laughs> but I don't have any like statistics, but I mean. It's not on a BuzzFeed list. Seven cities yeah. to go to to evade <laughs> capture after a murder. I mean, but, like you know, you probably get caught, but there's just there's other amenities here that I think suit you know post girl murdering activities. I just I like that there's so little information, so people just make up shit like this American thing that's like impossible. It's not even hunting season at the time. It's like just small game, and like there was no Americans at any lodges. But like that was a theory that went around town for. Probably a year, probably two, like an American did it. It's like, also, I just it, love that it, shit. It also, I can see why that theory would gain popularity because it would make you feel a lot better in your community to blame an outsider as opposed to someone who For walks sure. among you, you know, because that would make you feel a lot better well, than the guy who works at the fucking supermarket did it. Well, that's absurd that's because the guy who did it was walking among them. That's how he did it. That's yeah, true. that's how he got him for yeah. Yeah, that moment. Yeah. Yeah, so you're never safe. It's true. <laughs> be paranoid. Everyone, yeah. be paranoid. That's yeah. the lesson. And pay your phone bill. That's the other hidden lesson. That's uh, that's a huge one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The stranger thing goes in with the the suspicious like car that I was talking about to you. Uh, There's actually mm-hmm. two different people that reported seeing a suspicious vehicle. Uh, one was her friend Samia Ben Shabby, who had briefly walked with the group the night Mel had went missing. Uh, after the kids were rejected from watching Sudden Death at Mel's house, the kids went for a walk. They met Samia, and she offered to let her friends watch the movie at her house, but her parents said no. So they just went for a walk instead. That's why they didn't end up watching the movie till about 10 p.m. And they separated around 10 when Samia had to be home, and that's when they go to Chatwin's house. Samia said she brought her dog with her for the walk, and 
when they separated, there was an old unkept white van that came up to her and started asking her directions to a street she didn't recognize in town. Like there's no, there's no whatever, like Pioneer Street or whatever. I don't know what this fucking guy's. But the dog started like growling and barking at these guys. And the guys kind of just like left after that. And she described them as in their 30s or 40s. And both were, what did she say? Country people, uh, <laughs> which I find funny because you're a country person. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. you live in New Liskert. It's a country yeah, town. How, how kind of these people like country bumpkins like were they wearing barrels with like overall <laughs> suspenders she like... said they were wearing wife beaters <laughs> wife beater oh, shirts yeah, and yeah. that they were gross <laughs> i don't know i find that funny that she called them country people and then the guys drove off the same men were seen earlier that day at the video rental place actually apparently he was in the video rental store where mel and her friends were there and he had actually paid for their movie mm. And then the guy apparently came back to the rental oh. store around 1030 and just like loitered around the store before leaving. And the girl that was at the counter was scared of these guys. And she called her father for a ride home at 11 when the store closed. Wait, so is that has that been collaborated or corroborated? Like they did have the movie paid for them by some like stranger at the this. I don't know all the details because this witness wasn't even questioned until 2020. So. This oh, chick that worked fuck. at the video store is now in her forties yeah, getting questioned this happened and... a lifetime ago. Exactly. So it's like, how do you even like, she's had a lifetime to tell herself what happened that night. Right. And to like paint a whole, you know, yep. or just I like, know, I, I trust her, her, her story to be a hundred percent rock solid. Cause you don't remember anything quite like you remember working a shitty retail job when you're young, that shit it's seared into <laughs> your dreams. Your bones, you wake yeah. up in cold sweats, reliving those moments. Hearing the beeps still. Yeah, dude. I had a lady uh, when I worked at the movies um, uh, call me retarded because she didn't have the right coupon on <laughs> her free popcorn. It was a free drink. And she said, <laughs> "You're retarded." Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I can see her remembering enough, but like not. Like it, it's better to talk to someone the next day, not 25 years later or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So yeah, that's she wasn't questioned. So we don't really have lots of info because cops, like I said, aren't releasing super lots of information. They, maybe they could corroborate what she said with other things, but they're not, they're not telling anybody anything. Just very few things. It's because they got it in the bag. Yeah. yeah. That lady, she knew everything. She cracked it open. She, uh, oh, oh yeah, maybe. Oh man, I remember the color of that lady's shirt who called me the R word. So. <laughs> it's just uh, memory's so fickle too. Like, do you actually remember the color, or do you think you remember the color? Yeah, how can you trust yourself? You're an R word. You know, you didn't yeah. even take that. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Police actually did say that in a 2020 interview that they don't think that the car that her friend saw when she was walking home or Samia's car are involved in the disappearance of Mel. That's all they'll comment though. So I don't know what that means. I don't know if they got some sort of information that discounts it or what the thing they found, the rumored thing they found discounts that. I don't know. Uh, the next theory is a good one. You guys are going to like it. It's that someone in the new Liskard police did this because I always love police mm -hmm. theories because it wouldn't surprise me. And sometimes they turn out to be true. Yeah. All uh, the fucking Golden State Killer. For right? sure. So. He was in there taking pictures with everyone being like, we're searching. Yeah. Framed. Framed. Yeah. Police are infallible. We all know this. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Americans, of course. 
I know it's far-fetched, but some people question as to whether or not the cops were involved because of how poorly the investigation has gone. Uh, I'm not sure if the police are to blame here. Imagine being so bad at your job. They're like, there has to be something nefarious yeah, here. You can't be this fucking it. stupid. You it's... can't be this fucking stupid. But sometimes people are. I just think it's stupidity, not uh, complicity. Complic- yeah. Complacency? Anyways, <laughs> so uh, funny com- that you said stupidity and then struggled on a word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, cop maybe. I don't think so, but maybe. Another big theory is... White supremacist did it. So an American. Those assholes, yeah. 1996, Melanie was one of the only three black girls in town. Uh, these hate groups were apparently present in 1990s New Liskard. Uh, so much so that the other two black girls that w- were in town were placed under police surveillance immediately following Melanie's disappearance. The cops were like, uh-oh, they went and killed a minority. Let's go protect the other ones. I bet you the police were probably surveilling them already, but they were officially surveilling them for their protection. Yeah, yeah. Well, it can't it can't be that because I mean it's even like Doug just said it had to be Americans because there's no there's no racism in Canada. <laughs> Canada's no. never done anything remotely racist, so no. it, it can't be. Especially we didn't have these horrible schools still open in 1996 no. that we were, were helping. Abysmal, yeah. yeah. Yeah, couldn't couldn't possibly be white supremacists. Maybe those two things rural are rural Canada. As soon as they close the last residential school, Mel goes missing. I'm just saying. Yeah, because all those priests were mad they couldn't abuse the kids at the schools anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, so they a lot of anger they had to get out. <clears throat> See, yeah. that's funny because maybe if anything, America's less racist because we don't discriminate <laughs> anyway. on who gets molested. White kids are sometimes almost preferable depending on the molester. So that's true. Yeah. Land of the free. You're an all-inclusive, terrible country. Child, You're sex terrible abuse. to everyone. Territory, yeah. 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 Multicultural, yeah. all-inclusive rapies, rapists. That's <laughs> rapies. good. That's good. Um, okay, so those are like the little peddly theories that are here. There's some pretty bigger ones that actually kind of blow my mind a little bit here. So theory number whatever, uh, connected to a, another couple murders around the same time. So in April 1996... 47-year-old Louis Gauthier had been murdered in the nearby town of Thornlow. He was murdered by two teenagers, had their half-brothers named Michael Lafreniere and Robert Goulet. What? Yeah. Not Shut that the Goulet. fuck up. <laughs> not that Goulet. <laughs> Goulet. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Plot uh, thickens. That's where they'd end the episode if this was like a limited Netflix series. Yeah, they'd be like, and Robert Goulet credits. Like, oh my, I have to watch the next episode. Goulet, uh, yeah, not that Goulet. Their uncle, these two half brothers, uncle guy named Gregory Crick, had helped the teens plan the attack. So Lafreniere, he was a seventeen-year-old kid, had been having sex with the forty-seven-year-old Louis Gautier. And their uncle, Gregory Crick, didn't like that one bit. So Crick got Goulet and Lafreniere to kill him. So like, you're going to fuck this guy. You got to kill him now because I don't want any gays in this household. Does he think that makes you not gay? If you you kill the man (laughs) you had gay sex (laughs) with, you're not gay anymore? Mm -hmm. I think that's the idea. Is that in the Bible? No, no, no. It's like like how you, you, you know, you cure vampirism or whatever you got to go oh back yeah like, you take out the leader you yeah. put a stake through their yeah. heart whoever then... whoever you know turned the guy who turned you you know so really you don't have to kill the one that directly did it if you go back like you know five or six you can still have yeah, the same yeah. 
Someone yeah. just finds Richard Simmons and they just plunge a stake in his heart and just a bunch <laughs> of gay people disappear. Yep. Like, oh my God. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. The, okay. <laughs> they call them progenitors. <laughs> so yeah, that, that they kill that guy. Nobody uh, really knows who did it. So they're investigating. Cops are investigating. Then a couple months later on November 8th, Robert Goulet goes missing. Now the cops are still trying to figure out who killed Louis Gauthier, and now they think Robert Goulet is another missing team. I'm sorry, but it sucks that you like you go missing and like you know something bad could have happened to you, and people are for, for sure just like <clears throat> Robert Goulet, like ra- <laughs> laughing about your name. For sure, they're making that joke. I hope people make my name's Richard Stoodle. Like I really hope I get murdered and people do that. I still think it's actually Robert Goulet. So Goulet. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't. He, they well, just, you know, he didn't die until 2007. Well, couldn't, uh... Robert Dugoulet and Melanie, they disappeared to Botswana together. That's how she got there, an accomplice. Boom. Boom. Before I continue, I'll just do one thing real quick here. Papa, we... I like it when you call me Big Papa. <laughs> Throw your hands in the air if you think you're a player. Papa. I love it when you call me Big Papa. To the yeah. honeys, getting money, play niggas just like dummies. Papa. I just wanted to point out how racist Robert Goulet was. So Yeah, yeah, definitely not the <laughs> hypocritical Saturday Night Live. I was going to ask, what do you think was the last SNL sketch that she watched? Because you said that she like watched oh, like, that's the a last good sketch at SNL. Like, Do you think it was a good one or do you think it was like a shit one? In 1996, I bet you it was good. 96 yeah, was good Adam years. Sandler, Farley. What do you think was the last SNL sketch that Boldface said the N-word? Yeah. <laughs> I think it might have been that one. Yeah, that was probably the one. It might be it, yeah. 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 So it's not that Goulet, but anyways, uh November eighth, Goulet goes missing. He's 17 years old. Cops are already still trying to figure out who killed Louis Gautier. Plus, they already have Mel missing, and then another kid goes missing, which is like now they're like, oh, is there like a fucking kid serial killer or something going on in town? Because that's kind of crazy. Turns out the cops didn't really have to do that much investigation to figure out where the fuck Goulet happened. Uh, Goulet actually went to the police and told them about the murder of Gautier and how he, Crick, and his other Lafreniere friend, they actually stabbed him to death and tried to cover up his crime. So they they actually brought him to the body. They told him where the body was and everything. So Crick and Lafreniere figured out he was talking to the police and they just killed him. So in 98, they went and actually showed him where the bodies of Goulet and Gautier were in like a quarry or something like that. What does this have to do with Melanie? Well, apparently the other girl, another girl at a juvenile detention facility who was friends with Lafreniere said that he had admitted to her that he had killed Melanie. She told authorities that Lafreniere had a party in October where he admitted to killing her and when he killed her, he had put her through a wood chipper to get rid of her body. Jesus Christ. Yeah. The wood chipper thing's fine. Okay, so police put wiretaps on Crick Goulet and Lafreniere when they're investigating them for the murder of Gautier. There's no evidence that these two crimes are connected anyway. The whole wood chipper thing is fucked because it's just a kid trying to be cool. But, like, that shit gets to the mom. Like, Celine had to think my daughter went through a wood chipper at some point. Yeah. The movie Fargo had just come out not that long before. So it's like Lafreniere, that guy just trying to like mimic a cool scene he thought was in a movie. Like that's literally what he was doing. 
But Selena yeah. had to deal with like, my daughter's a fucking mush. Like I, you know, like it's a lot. Yeah, that's fucked. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it is a lot. But you know what else would be a lot to deal with? Having to clean that up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Unless you're out in the middle of the bush, then you just leave it for the bull. That's the last thing you could put through that wood chipper for sure. Yeah. Right. They're not. I don't know. Like, what if you? Because, like, what if you put her through and then just like a really big bar of soap? (laughs) I might actually do it. I might do it. I like. I have the idea of like them putting her through the wood chipper and then going like, "Oh, we got to do something with this wood chipper. Let's just throw it down a mine shaft." Like, why don't we just throw the girl down the mine shaft? And we put the wood chipper in a bigger wood chipper. Yeah, yeah. Just got <laughs> Chunks of metal shooting out. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this is where the next theory. Okay, so that's that theory uh, that they're connected in some way. I don't think Lafreniere had anything to do with Mel's. But here's where it gets crazy, the theory, because the next theory is mistaken identity. And they get a little wacky here, the theory. So it's kind of an addition to Louis Gauthier theory. Let's just say that Lafreniere and Goulet did kill Melanie. Why? Uh, because they're racists. Uh, earlier in 1996, Goulet and Lafreniere publicly accosted two black girls with racial slurs and threatened to shoot them. This girl's Shit. name is known in the media as Sarah or Sierra. It's two different. They're the same person, though. She's often said to look a lot like Etier. Now, I don't know if it's just because of where I'm from and they think like all black people look alike or if they actually look the same. Cause I went and looked them up. You can't find pictures of Sierra or Sarah. So I don't know if that's just like racist. The fact they look the same, but uh, some of the stuff I read said that they have been mistaken for each other in the past, uh, even by family members. Sarah would apparently buy drugs off of Lafreniere and Goulet adding a motive to want to kill Sarah. So on September 27th, 1996, Sarah told her friends that she owed a bunch of money to some drug dealers and she also told her friends that if she went missing over the weekend, not to be surprised. Later on in life, Sarah ends up moving to North Bay for the rest of her high school career, and she's now over in Vancouver. None of her family has any contact with her anymore, so no further questions can be asked to her. Uh, the last time anyone heard from Sarah was in 2020, and it was a like just a voicemail left to her mom. I guess she's a drug addict. I'm not sure. But Sarah and Melanie knew each other, being two of the three black girls in town, uh, but they weren't friends or anything. Like you know, I think they went to different high schools. The third nameless other black girl in town did an interview regarding Mel's case. She said that she doubts that Melanie's case has anything to do with uh, a spontaneous racially motivated hate crime. She didn't believe that the attack was random. This anonymous interviewee suggests that Melanie might have been a target from the brothers simply because of her owing money to them for drugs. I, what does this have to do with mistaken identity? Another one of Melanie's friends, David Bromley, did an interview with David Ridgen. I will talk about Ridgen in a bit. And said that Melanie and Sarah, while both black, didn't look alike. So uh, he just called that racist in itself. And this girl, Sarah, being so in debt with this drug dealer that they want to kill her seems a little fucking wild to me. Like, this is a high school girl with high school drug dealers. Like, how much do they fucking owe to, like, kill this yeah, girl? We, we all know what got her clipped. She, uh, she was caught talking about how much she didn't like crooning crooning yeah 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 she's not a big fan it was like so not on my watch Goulet Goulet. Like, yep <laughs> this bitch is fucking done the mistaken identity thing though just gets even weirder because 
maybe Melanie wasn't mistaken for another black girl in town. Maybe she was mistaken for another teenager named Melanie Etier that also lived in New Liskert at the time. Seriously, they had another girl with the same name. She was just a year older than Mel. They went to a different high school. Uh, our Melanie is Melanie Nadia Etier, and the other one is the older one's Melanie Louise Etier. By the time of the disappearance, police told Melanie Louise that may she may have been the intended target. Just so she could never fucking sleep at night again? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just to be fucking mean, I guess? Hey, it could have been you! <laughs> and she was supposed to be you. Anyways, good night. <laughs> yeah, they say that she, one of her friends had been dating Lafreniere, and the police thought that maybe the girlfriend knew too much about his drug business, so that's why he killed her, because he was already under scrutiny for... Police were already watching him. So Melanie Louise's mother was cousins with Louis Gautier. She was like connected to the first guy that was murdered. And the guy Lafreniere, the, the, like the guy that Lafreniere, Crick and Goulet killed. So maybe they wanted to kill Melanie Etier to like shut her up because she knew too much. Uh, the problem is, is that Mer Melanie Louise was uh, different. She's completely different height, build and white. So how do you mistake that person? So they think that because you think you don't have to mention it in New Liskard. If I'm like, hey, I need you to go kill this person. They're five five, 120 pounds. They just assume white because yeah, there's they... three three people who aren't exactly. You know, so they just assume they don't have to mention it. Probably exactly what you said. They hired someone they didn't know it was a there's a black girl named Melanie Etier too. So they just killed the first Mel Etier they could find. Melanie Louise says that the last time she saw Lafreniere, he was in a park near her home. He was anxious and kept saying that someone was watching him, which the cops were actually following him because he did actually murder a fucking guy. And he asks her if she thought that he was involved in the murder of Gautier, which she told him, no, I don't think he killed Louis at all. Why would you kill that guy? No way. Later interviews, she does say that she thought he was involved in not only Gautier's murder, but also the disappearance of the other Melletier. Uh, police also have gone on the record and saying that they don't think Melanie was attacked because of mistaken identity, but that was a theory early on for them. But that's fucking wild that everyone's like connected. There's another Mel Etier. They fucking thought it was that or like a black, the other black girl who looked like her. Oh my God. I think it, I think it is just like a case of mistaken identity, unfortunately. And I think it's like mistaken identity due to like the racism of like these two shitty dudes who are just like, they see a black girl late at night and they're like, hey, look how fucking easy our job just got. We yep. just have to take this one, you know? It, it definitely could be. I'm on the last theory here. This is the one I'm more leaning towards. I don't remember if you guys remember at the beginning of the story, I told you about Melanie visiting Sylvie Chartron the morning of her disappearance. Her mom's friend who mm, had a kid, her friend. That's stuff. tough. I don't even remember the middle of the story. <laughs> Well, they Sylvie and Celine were best friends growing up. They had kids the same age. They're all best friends. Uh, those people. Well, her husband or partner or whatever, his name is Dennis Lavallee. Like also off the top, I said that the Etsies would visit there all the time. Okay, let's talk about Dennis Lavallee because this is the theory that he did it. Uh, he's five foot eight, five foot nine, weighing about 280 pounds. So big boy. Big boy for sure. Yeah. Uh, during or according to Sylvie, as a kid. This is her like this. Okay. So let me start here. I listen to a lot of podcasts. One of them I listen to is called someone knows something with David Ridgen. He's a Canadian podcaster. He's a phenomenal podcaster. Uh, during the pandemic, he had to like stop doing his normal podcast because he couldn't go visit people. So he did another podcast called the next call where he investigates Mel's disappearance just by through phone calls. 
So he talks to a lot of people. He talks to Sylvie and Sylvie's like, she describes Dennis to him and she says that he was sexually abused by his babysitter and he was physically abused by his father and his parents were garbage people who like drank all the time and neglected or beat their kids instead of actually like spending time with them. So she's like giving him a weird excuse for being a piece of shit right off the bat. This is how she starts it. So cool, I guess. Lots of people are abused and they don't turn out to be pieces of like shit. But this guy here is a piece of shit. So mm. he was a diamond driller, which these are the people that I deal with all the time. Drilling core to uh, for geologists. When I was in high school, if someone dropped out of high school, it was like crazy to me. It wasn't crazy that the person dropped out. They were dumb. It was more crazy that I didn't at least like they didn't at least attempt to just get through high school. Like just just get through. You can get through high school. Just pass. Why can't that's crazy to me? Well, when I got older, I found out that those guys that dropped out of high school became diamond drillers. You know, that's that's the that's how smart these guys are. I'm just kidding, drillers. I love you. If you're listening to this, I'm I love you guys are great. Don't murder yeah, Richard. Don't, loves don't stop mm-hmm. drilling them, baby. They're they're gonna that's all I have to do though. I just have to say, oh, I'm just joking, and they're gonna believe that. That's how done they are. Drillers have an interesting job where sometimes you can travel the world being a driller. Because especially where I'm from, it's like a mining community and we have a lot of experienced drillers. So if you come here and you want to travel to like, I don't know, fuck wherever to drill, these companies that are up here get hired to go everywhere. Africa, fucking Northwest Territories, Mongolia, fucking Chile, all over the place. I've heard of these guys going all over the place. So he was one of these guys. He's one of the guys that traveled all over the place. So he would be gone for weeks or months at a time. Like I said, this is normal for people up here. Sylvie didn't care that he was gone all the time. She said she liked her alone time. And they had like a decent life. And then on June 17th, 1990, Lavalet was in a head-on collision with a woman who was drinking and driving. And this is her second excuse for this guy being kind of like a piece of shit. She said that after this, he was always in pain. He had like a back pain, prescribed oxys. So he's always popping pills. Unfortunately, that's just what happened to him. He sued the lady. He got a $600,000 settlement because like working a diamond drill is it's a heavy job. And if you got back problems, it's probably hard to do. Like unless you're in charge, doing the actual work is physical labor. So we got 600K, not being able to drill anymore. He took that 600K and started up a business, which tanked, failed a couple of years later. So what kind of business? Uh, they don't say. I'm trying to figure that out. I'm guessing it has something to do with drilling because that's all he knows. Yeah, yeah. But it fucking tanked anyway, regardless. So a couple more years, he just like had to go back drilling because that's all he knows, right? He went to Mongolia at a certain point after that, and he ran out of his oxys. So he starts doing cocaine a lot. Then he starts moving into crack, whatever he can get his hands on. Laying the foundation for this guy. He's a fucking drug addict, basically. Uh, not home a lot of the time. And so let's go back to this morning when Mel was visiting Sylvie. So Lavalet and her son, Jason, weren't there. They said they were out fishing. Jason was out fishing with uh, Dennis, Jason, his friend, Joel, and Lavalet's brother, Andre, all four of them. That's what he, he told his wife, Sylvie. They were all out fishing. Lavalet got home from his fishing trip on the afternoon of September 29th, hours after Melanie had been missing. After hearing the news, Lavalet immediately went to help the police in the search for Mel. The day after Mel was reported missing, uh, Lavalet went to Etier's house straight to their basement for some reason. It's just weird that he went there. Uh, the grandmother was there 
and he just barged on the house. He went to the basement and just started smoking cigarettes. And she was like, no, he never came over. He didn't just smoke cigarettes. It's really weird that he came over and he was just chit-chatting and he finishes his, like two smokes and then just leaves. She's like, that was fucking weird. A couple days after that, Levely saw the grandmother again. So like on the Wednesday, uh, as they're talking about where Mel could be, Levely told the grandmother that whoever took Mel would be messed up because she had those fucking long ass nails and she was strong. And then to prove his claim, he shows the grandmother some cuts that he had on her, on his left arm. And they were like fresh. He said they got them from play fighting with Mel a couple days before a couple days before he was gone fishing. He wouldn't have really had a chance to see Mel like the weekend prior, maybe, but she said the wounds were way too fresh to be like a week old scabs week and a half what old scabs. Fuck? Oh, okay. So you know what? Um, shit. What's your last name again? Etsy. Yeah, that sounds vaguely close to X Men. So <laughs> you know, I think we know Wolverine is supposedly Canadian. I don't always believe that, but I don't know, dude. Maybe this guy's uh, the opposite of Wolverine. He just like can't. No, heal. no, no. Maybe Melanie's Wolverine, dude. Maybe X. she's not dead because she just healed or something. That's fair. That's an interesting line of thought. <laughs> you said she's got claws. Maybe this guy's just a maybe this guy's just a type two diabetic. He, his wounds don't. <laughs> yeah, that heal. He's two hundred eighty pounds. He's like five foot what eight. They just don't heal properly. Yeah, that's yeah, a... but like I think he fucking did it. It's one of those like that's his immediate cover, right? It would be like something like this. It would look exactly like this, yo. Know? The kind of fight she'd put up. Yeah, exactly. This it's is so her just weird. playing around. It's so weird that he said that. Like, why would you even? He showed it to her too, though. It's yeah. fine. It's fucking weird, but not smart driller. Remember that diamond driller. Yeah, yeah. Not smart. <laughs> In the later years, he told many people this story. He told lots of people he got these scratches from Mel wrestling with her. Except once he changed the story when he talked to his scratched up arm to a neighbor. Uh, Jocelyn Martell says that he told her the scratches were from being in the bush looking for Mel. He's like, look at all these scratches I got on my arms from out being looking for Mel. The scratches weren't known to the police until years later when they told like these people were interviewed like in the 2010s. Yeah. But Celine knew about the scratches because her mom saw them and she was super suspicious of Dennis, but like Sylvia's her best friend from a kid and like, okay, she can't be with that kind of guy. He tells Sidlin something fucked even after that. He tells her that Mel had been a stripper in Notre Dame de Nord. He literally says that to his mom. He's like, she's 15 years old. He's like, you got to watch her. She's She's been a stripper. Maybe she got caught by one of her clients stripping. And she's like, no, uh, she's 15 years old. She's not a stripper. I see her all the time. I know where she is most days, except for now. But most days I know where she is. Mm. She did run down this lead later in life, and there was a black girl stripping at Notre Dame, but it wasn't Mel. Uh, didn't even really look like her. Um, so, and, and then once people started asking questions to Dennis, uh, they found out that he'd lied about going fishing that weekend. It turns out that they went towards Aurelia, I guess. They're not really sure exactly. We're somewhere down further south to a motocross race, and it was a day trip. There was like no, it wasn't a fishing weekend. It was like go to Aurelia for a couple hours, watch him motocross, and come home that night. So he was only gone the one day. So where did he go for the night? Because they thought it was an overnight trip. The police never ever questioned Lavallee, uh, but they say they looked into him. But I don't know what that means. Uh, over the years since his accident, Lavallee gets worse and worse into the drugs, 
and he starts to be more and more open with his other vices, which is young girls and murder. He his his yeah, murder. His uh, he had a daughter named Stephanie, a young girl daughter, and he, at one point he tries to bang one of his daughter's friends. Like he would, they'd have parties at his house or wherever. And he'd be like literally standing around there and be like, I'll give you a ride home, little girl. And then they'd be like, get to the end of the driveway. And they do the literal thing from like, uh, what's that fucking Tarantino movie with, uh, where drive one, the one with the fucking stunt driver where he just gets the wrong, he's like, you turn the wrong way. And he's like, yeah, I know I turned the wrong way, you know, <laughs> and, and go the wrong opposite way. Yeah. And then. Mel's sister also says that Dennis tried to fuck her uh, 10 years after Mel's disappearance when she was 15. He tells Jesse that he's his mom needs her to come do like a cleaning job, go to her house and like clean out a bunch of shit. So he said, okay, I'll come pick you up. And then she's going to pay you whatever X amount of dollars. So he picks her up at home, but instead of driving her to his mom's house, he brings her to a secluded motel. And it's like in the opposite direction of the job. Jesse knew she was in trouble right away. He goes into the hotel. He's like, ah, I just like, I just came here because I got to drop some stuff off. We'll go to my mom's in a bit. I'm staying here tonight. She's like, okay. He already had a room. She he didn't have to go get a room. He says, why don't you just come in for a second while I like get my stuff? Like she goes, okay, I guess. So she goes in. The moment she's in that hotel room, Lavalier locks the door behind her. And then he gets naked and he tells her, I want to eat you out. Like first thing gets naked and says i'm gonna eat your pussy jesus christ yeah turns out there's no cleaning job just a creepy hotel room yeah the whole time it was uh, i guess this was in 2006 she had like a flip phone she had a, a cell phone because her mom was paranoid about missing kids now so she's texting her boyfriend the whole time he's like i know where i like i'm here if i don't come back tonight you know where i am he kept her in that hotel room for four hours just being naked and being creepy Another assault that he did is one of his daughter's friends when she was sleeping at his house. You got, I guess he went like molested her while she's sleeping and he ends up going to jail for this uh, only a couple months. This is 2013 when this happened. A couple months. Ugh. Yeah. So That's crazy. Uh, Sylvie says she never knew he was doing any of the sexual advances towards the underagers, like his wife or his partner or whatever. But like, come on, I'm sorry. That's like, you understood he was degrading. You got fucking blinders on. There's, yeah, there's a certain point i believe some people don't see shit going on but like i don't know about this guy this guy's not smart enough to be hiding at all like he's always going to a hotel room fucking weirdly like uh, come on man there's something weirds going on here yeah he went to jail for it you didn't notice then like you know what i mean like yeah like good god you just didn't ask him why he went to jail anyways she did notice a change that started after the accident six women have come forward saying dennis had assaulted them somehow since then one of those incidents happened in the 80s before his accident and before Mel disappeared. So I think he always had that dog in him, Ricky. Yeah. I don't think that was because of the head accident. Yeah. He always had that motherfucking dog in him. He always had that motherfucking dog in him. Mm -hmm. Dennis went to jail three separate occasions, 2006 for failing to comply, uh, 2012 for making death threats and committing assault with a vehicle. So he like ran into someone and then 2013 sexual interference with a minor while she was sleeping while he's in jail in 2013 Celine really suspects him now because she heard about the scratch on the arm so she goes to confront him directly did you do anything to mel he tells her that he could never hurt mel and he regurgitates the goulet murdered her story when he's released Celine tries to confront him again 
And he agrees. He's like, I will talk to you about Mel. Uh, A is nervous about this meeting. He actually speaks with his daughter the day, the evening of the day that he made an arrangement to speak with Celine, Stephanie. And she's saying that she's like hanging out with them and smoking cigarettes. And during their chat, he keeps saying that he has to talk to Celine and the police and, and he's super nervous about it. And he never really says why. And Stephanie keeps going like, I'm sure nothing's wrong. Like you just got to talk to, she just wants to talk to you. You didn't do anything. So don't worry about it. So Stephanie like left him when he was all nervous. She had to go to the dentist or whatever. She said, everything's going to be okay. Four hours later and about an hour before his meeting with Celine, Lavalet has a stroke and he's in the hospital and he's nonverbal. So Celine still goes and visits him and says like, Hey, do you know anything about Melanie? Just keeps saying, envoy, envoy, envoy. It's like French for like, come here or whatever go away or whatever envoy envoy just kept saying that he couldn't he wasn't speaking and Mm. uh so they're hoping for a recovery on this guy and then a couple weeks later he dies never letting anybody know anything and he's too stupid to have written it down in a journal because he's a diamond driller or whatever right yeah so that yeah so apparently he did tell a couple people that he actually did commit the crime in 2013 and he was visiting some old friends who remained anonymous for this interview apparently he worked for them at some point they own like a big fucking property like a quarry and stuff like that i guess he was loading i don't know he worked for them at a certain point and he goes to their house gets all fucked up they like to drink with this guy but he's like falling down the crack cocaine coat like the real drug fucking thing and they didn't like it he was just doing crack right in front of them and while he's on crack he's like i they'll never find her body i killed mel and I don't know, they have a huge property and he says like she's buried here on the property somewhere they'll never find them is actually what he says meaning like did he kill somebody else jesus so this is bridget david ridgen on his show interviews these people for the first time nobody's ever interviewed these two people about this and he is known for like going all out and getting search dogs and excavations shit so he actually did a search in 2021 i guess of this property and i didn't hear anything of it so i'm guessing he never found anything on that property yeah so i think lavalet is good for this probably stopped when he saw her walking on the road uh, got his little raper eyes out like he was always like that mel fought back either accidentally killed her by hitting her or choked her out or whatever then hit the body and he, like I said, he's a driller, so he probably knew where a bunch of holes were to stuff the body, and no one ever caught him for it. And like I said earlier in the episode, when I said yeah. if the cops just would have asked everyone, they probably would have figured it out. But they would have seen the scratches on the arm, and been like, "Hey, so that's what I think." Uh, it's no guarantee. There should be a rule if your city is under, if your town's like under a certain population, we just fucking something horrific happens. We just talk to everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It can't be that hard. Honestly, you're right. Especially this day and age, you could just Zoom call everyone. Like, fuck. Yeah, make it before everyone fucking logs into Facebook. They have to like fucking go on webcam and like you know have some expert there. They can figure it out. Agreed. Any other crazy theories? I bet you there's a Robert Goulet theory, and Ricky's got a um, theory that involves multiple dimensions. I there's my guesses. No, I was gonna say there's really not a whole lot more than. There's not really anything interesting about this one. There's not a whole lot of evidence. There's kind of just <laughs> something went missing. <laughs> um, that is that's what the I put most together. In- incredible way to wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that was uninteresting. <laughs> that was boring. <laughs>
I mean, am I wrong? There's really not a lot here. I, I mean, I could say the same theories that you already said, but there's not anything that's just like, eh. yeah. Well, nobody wants to hear my uh, I, I'd love to hear your theory. SDA theory then, I guess. So, no, I definitely no, want to hear it. there's nothing to it. There's, no. Let's no, hear let's it. Hear let's it. hear it. Come on. Don't be like that. I, well, I, I mean, I had already said that she's more than likely Wolverine, and nobody wanted to bite, so... <laughs> Well, let's let's play your game. What do we? How is she Wolverine? Because she has claws. Yeah, dude. And she's what not else? Dead. What other qualifiers do you need to be Wolverine? I don't know, dude. That's the fuck. One of the fucking defining Cyburns. features. Cyber. Yeah, she probably had that too. I feel like well, because it's the thing. All right, we talked about how racist people in Canada are, right? I think that they just overlook, you know, who who they deem to be to be black people, and if and if they thought, you know, someone told them. That, hey, this is a young black girl. They're like, all right, we're not going to look too hard at her ever and ignore the fact that it's like a six foot two jacked white guy uh, and literally Hugh Jackman. A huge Jackman, yeah. Yeah. So a huge jacked man. I'm going with that. No, that's is that the solve we're giving to, to Doug? I think that's it. She was Wolverine. She's not dead. Yeah, She's dude. Just... I mean, it probably cool. rocks. Like, Wolverine's just undercover. You know how many different lives that thing's lived? Honestly, yeah. like I said, I was just I was just running over as soon as I heard about this missing persons case. So I don't really have much of a dog in this race. So that kind of that works for me. That's yeah. good. Yeah, we're gonna go we we weapon SCA. That's what um that's what I'm. That'll be uh that'll be three thousand dollars. So uh, th well, thank you for coming in as a client, and uh, I'll send you the bill. Thank you so much. Time for me to disappear <laughs> before I pay that bill. Huh? Uh, we'll find you. You'll never Ricky. see me again. Off to Botswana I go <laughs> with my $3,000 with my speed steel drum. <laughs> I mean, not really. No, just listen to Best Worst Friends. Oh, also, I have an album out. You could plug that. That'd be cool. It's called yeah, Let sure. Himself Go. It's my sure. stand up album. Available on Spotify. I just watched Private Dicks and I think RJ's the funniest. What? Come on.